Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for listening. My name is Frank Salvato. Just wanted to take a little bit of time to remind everybody to please travel safely this holiday week. When we're looking at the Wednesday and the Friday after Thanksgiving, these are really high travel days. They also correlate with a lot of tragedy that happens on the highways. I saw a lot of it during my days as a firefighter and a paramedic, and it is not the way to start the holiday season. So please, Don't drive distracted. If you're driving, put your cell phone down, maybe even shut it off, or at least put it on silent. Do not text and drive. And please, don't drink and drive. Do your best to think things through so that you can stick around to spend next year's holidays with your family. Right now, this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce. Joining us from the literally, probably, frozen tundra of the panhandle of Florida, we have, <laughs> we have none other than Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Good morning, sir. Mr. Captain. A little chilly up there? It's reminiscent of days past, but yeah. At least you didn't have to deal with what Buffalo did. No, there was, there was, not, there was not six feet of snow. Or but, the... Uh, for, for, for native Floridians, yeah. I, I, it's just as bad. Yeah. Well, I guess we can talk about the snow for just a little bit. Reason being <laughs> is because Governor Kathy Hochul declared a state of emergency for the snow. It was going to be terrible, the worst storm of the century. And, uh, well, I think she forgot to the, the part that Buffalo goes through this a lot. Oswego, where they yeah. got a bunch of snow, goes through this a lot. Watertown. All points in between go through this a lot. She didn't need to declare a state of emergency, but who am I? Yeah, and and even if she did, she didn't have to call it the the storm of the century. That sensationalism, overreaction, and we see that a lot in today's society. It's the worst ever. It's unbelievable. It's bad. You know what? It's happened before. It's going to happen again. Weather is cyclical. If you live in a place that gets it once, you're going to get it again. It's like living in Florida saying, oh, we got a hurricane? What a surprise. No, it's going to happen. If you live there long enough, you're going to be in the the path of the storm. And then 
If you live in Chicago, it's going to get cold. If you live in, in upstate New York, you're going to get snow. You bet. So enough with the sensationalism and the, and the political justifications for trying to get in front of the cameras, because that's exactly what this was. The new governor needs to be important. Well, it gave her a chance you know, to wear the sweatshirt with the governor's logo on it and uh, the baseball cap with the governor's logo on it. So it gave her a chance to show up. Yeah, and and the people in Buffalo and, and the surrounding areas that actually got the snow were too busy shoveling to care. You're right, because if you took a look at that one picture that I sent to the <clears throat> the group last night, <laughs> that was two miles away from the football stadium. And you notice the people that shoveled the snow away from their cars, front, back, and sides, didn't quite go to the uh, road because when the plow does decide to come through and snow the, uh, yeah. plow that, they're going to plow that snow right back into that driveway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. not, if they understand not to do that, then they've been through it before. Yep. So it's, it, it's not the sensationalist claptrap that the Hulkle's trying to throw on everybody. Her response was one of political opportunism. So there you go. Well, let's talk about this because this isn't political opportunism, but it's close. Um, the G7 is calling for a significant U.N. response to the North Korean missile launches. What on earth does that mean? Well, again, the U.N. is worthless as tits on a bull. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a a global wannabe government organization that was chartered to prevent war. It was supposed to be a place where people went to talk to prevent conflict. It was not supposed to be a world government. It was not supposed to be engaged in climate this and hunger that. It wasn't supposed to be involved in any of this stuff. So the G7 it's a, it's a group of leaders that get together so that they could say that they get together. What are they going to do about North Korea? What, they're going to sanction them? They're one of the poorest nations on the planet. Mm-hmm. China's not going to let you do anything to them. And right now, Russia's not going to let you do anything to them. And so what are they going to do? This is all talk, all bluster. Nothing's going to happen. Okay, I hear the music coming up. Hold on to that thought, and folks, I'll be right back with more with Frank Silvato from UndergroundUSA.com. Go over there, check it out, and uh, catch his podcast and check all the great articles that he writes over there. And I will be right back with Frank Silvato. This is Frank Silvato from Underground USA, and you're listening to a fellow brother of the badge, Matt Bruce, on the Captain's America Third Watch. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Levi's became iconic by making tough pants. Now they're notorious for pushing progressive politics, opposing the Second Amendment, attacking popular voter ID laws, and Levi's screws their workers, furloughing thousands while rewarding rich shareholders. A top female executive unable to speak freely. Rather than leaving China, CEO Chip Berg makes excuses. 
an American icon washed away by woke politics. Levi's, serve your customers, not woke politicians. This message was paid for by Consumers Research, a 501c3 educational advocacy group. To learn more, log on to consumersresearch.org. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Okay, back to Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Good morning, Mr. Frank. Mr. Captain. I found it kind of uh, unique that former Vice President Mike Pence was defending former President Donald Trump about uh, what the Attorney General Merrick Garland is trying to do to him, warning everybody about the partisan DOJ because they are planning on indicting Donald Trump regardless of what it is, how it is. They are going to do something to make his life miserable. Well, of course they are. If they did, the fact that he announced for president means that he's in the he's in the crosshairs again. And what Pence is exercising here is part and parcel aside from that whole subject. He's being a, a traditional Reagan Republican by not bad mouthing people on his own team. He he may have his differences with with Donald Trump from the days prior, but because he's announced he's going to be supportive of him, even if he may have a candidacy in the offing for 2024. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be able to take the stage with people who are running against you in the primary and be civil and and talk policy and leave identity and personal politics aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that Donald Trump is going to have to do this time, because if he goes back on that primary stage with scorched earth like he did before, he's not going to win. Right. He's going to have to focus, like he did in his speech, on his policies. And he's got a perfect opportunity to juxtapose them to what's happening now under the Biden administration. The enemy has to be, and I'm using enemy not a physical sense, but a metaphorical sense. Mm-hmm. The enemy has to be the Biden administration and Democrat policies. It can't be his other Republicans standing on stage because he's going to need them going forward. So what Mike Pence did, you know, he was stating the obvious. We've been talking about Merrick Garland and the and the hit squad that is the DOJ. It's a political hit squad today. It's not anything that has to do with actual um, implementation of justice of the United States. It's a political tool for the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking about that for two years, yep. ever since Garland came on the scene, because that's all he's been doing. So, yeah, they're targeting Donald Trump right now, and they're going to use the power of the federal government as a political tool going forward. That's what they've done, what they're going to do. It's what they did during the Obama administration. So we should expect a lot more of the same. Now, uh, Terry Lake has reportedly sent some sort of letter or information to the Arizona Attorney General, the Arizona State Attorney General, whose office is now seeking Maricopa's County, Maricopa County's election review to see what they have done in Maricopa County. And uh, I don't know how serious this is or whether or not to believe what Carrie Lake is saying, but representatives in her camp are saying that this is stuff that could actually uh, overturn the election and put it back in her hands. Well, the only thing it could do, and this is if the AG goes to uh, the Supreme Court of the state of Arizona to 
stay the election is to get a recount. You know, and she's, she deserves a recount. We, one percentage point, mm-hmm. that's, that's well within reasonable nature of a recount. Yeah. And if Maricopa County was something that was uh, affected by, by vote fraud, by electioneering, by, by any of a dozen reasons that could not only spark the, uh, the recount, but also the setting aside of ballots, then yes, Hobbs hasn't been sworn in yet. Mm-hmm. She's governor-elect, and, and that means there's time to do things like this, to have recounts, to get judgments, to look at, at, at nefarious things should they be there, and expedite a ruling from the state Supreme Court. So is there a chance? Yeah, there's a chance. Is it probable? No, it's not probable at all. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's I, I wish her luck. If there's if there's bad things going on and there were people gerrymandering the election in Maricopa County because of political purposes to affect the outcome of an election, they need to go to jail and it needs to be righted before the next governor is set. Well, Kevin McCarthy <clears throat> has come out over the weekend and said that the anti Semitic Representative Elon Omar is going to be off the committees that she's on. He's removing her from the committees that she's on. And Eric Swalwell, of course, is leaving intelligence. But even better yet is the man being called the most dangerous man in the Biden administration, uh, Secretary Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, Mark Morgan, who was the acting Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner under former President Donald Trump, said, and I quote, he's got to go. That apparently is going to be something else they're going to look into, impeaching and removing Mayorkas. Well, you've got, McCarthy's got his work cut out for him, but when you give him the gavel, he's got certain powers. Yep. And and affecting memberships on committees and and positions like, like Mayorkas's that's within his purview to a certain extent. Where it comes to Swalwell and and Elon Omar and and Adam Schiff, yeah, he can affect those he can affect those memberships on the committees. They served in bad behavior during the times that they were there. The anti-Semitism of Omar absolutely should preclude her from being on a committee, especially foreign relations. Swalwell, he was sleeping with a Chinese spy. He should yep. be in, even in the hallway outside the intelligence committee hearings, mm-hmm. and and Schiff. Schiff used the, uh, his position for partisan political natures beyond what is acceptable on the House floor and in committee rooms. So, yeah, McCarthy has is well within his purview to get rid of all three of those people on those committees. As far as Mayorkas is concerned, they're going to have to go through an impeachment process to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to stand in the Senate because Mitch McConnell made sure that we didn't win the Senate because of his opportunistic election practices. So, you know, we can have the hearing on Mayorkas, maybe apply pressure in the court of public opinion to right. make him resign. Right. But, he's, you know, McCarthy's power is limited to a certain extent in his role. Now, you're going to stick around for another segment, so I've got a lot more stuff to talk to you about here. But, uh, you know, folks, when it comes time uh, for, for Frank and when he talks about the things he's talking about, a lot of people like the fact that he actually knows what he's talking about, unlike <laughs> some people that just like to shoot their mouse off, which there's a lot of them just turn on the TV dial 
go to CNN or MSNBC, and you'll find them, right? Yeah, we're on Fox News. You're right, right there. Yeah, there you go. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Captain's America Third Watch, rolling along. I shall return. Don't go anywhere. People won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, can potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. All right, Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com, is back with us. Thank you, Mr. Frank, for sticking around. Absolutely. Anytime and always, my friend. Now, we've got uh, Elon Musk, who did a poll, and on uh, on the results of that poll, 52 uh, favored Trump coming back to Twitter, 48% didn't. On that poll, he said, okay, we're going to put Trump back up on Twitter. So he opened up the account, and they got it. But Trump hasn't tweeted anything. <laughs> He's using his oh. true social uh, website, which I would, the social media thing, which I would think he'd want to do anyway. You just wait for the campaign to keep going. They'll be, he'll be all over the place. And a wise person who does, wants to get the message out, uses every avenue that they can possibly use to get their message out. Sure. Uh, what Elon Musk did was he, he proved that in the United States, we do things, we do things a little bit more democratically than the and ironically named, Democratic Party does. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I'm glad to see that he did that. I was It was interesting to see CBS drop off immediately and then quietly reestablish themselves so they could virtue signal that they didn't like Donald Trump, but, you know, they didn't really have to make that kind of a statement on the, on the Twitter platform because we all know that they're wholly partisan anyway. Bravo to Elon Musk. I hope he keeps going down that road over at Twitter. You've seen a giant jump in conservative engagement on Twitter since he took over, and that's just kind of leveling the playing field over there. It was so one-sided before. Uh, it was ridiculous. Some of the things I see Rob Reiner posting on Twitter are, by California definitions, hate speech extraordinaire. This guy is the... the bile that he vomits out of his mouth about Trump and the Republican Party, if it were in reverse, he would have been banned for life a long time ago. It's hate speech. So I'm glad to see that that playing field's being leveled a little bit. So bravo, Elon. You know, I, I like Elon Musk. I'm sorry. A lot of people, some people don't like him for his, for his quirkiness. I 
I think the guy's heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that either. Now, um, George, George, the Godfather, saying hello. So, good morning, George. Good morning, George. And uh, we just had uh, Eric in Tennessee, East Tennessee, uh, sign off. Says, "What well, got to run, sir? Got to go out the dogs." Uh, he says, "By the way, it's currently twenty-one degrees and chilly up hey, here." At least he doesn't have six feet of snow to walk the dogs in. No, he does not. No, he does not. But you'd rather have the snow when it's twenty-one degrees than to not have it because it makes it a little bit more, eh, a little bit more docile. And let's see here. Jeff was chiming in uh, when the candidate is also the Secretary of State. She should have recused herself from the elections. This is a blatant conflict of interest. Well, yeah, yeah. Without doubt. Without mm-hmm. doubt. And that should be one of the deciding factors on whether Lake gets a recount. And it should be a serious uh, component to what they look into in that state. They, you want to talk about setting the stage with reforms? How about one of the candidates not having control of the process. Mm-hmm. That's Venezuelan stuff right there. Well, it reminds me of Catherine Harris when she was the Secretary of State. She wasn't running for anything, but she had to declare the winner back there with uh, George W. Bush and Al Gore, remember? Yeah. It's kind of apples and oranges here. Somebody's got to do it. If you're not on the ballot, I would prefer that. But if you're on the ballot and you have, and you have supervision control over the election... That's something that's ethically challenged. So, again, and I said this last week when we were talking about this, the people of Arizona, you've got a big problem on your hands. If you've got somebody who is a governor-elect who didn't have a level of ethics to recuse herself from something so blatantly wrong, how do you expect that person to govern ethically as governor? You've made a poor choice if if this stands. The people of Arizona have made a poor choice in selecting their governor. Now, I got a question for you. I'm looking at Real Clear Politics, and I haven't been able to find this anywhere else, but they've got quite the layout of the numbers. They've got Democrats 213 in the House, Republicans 218. We've got one race, which has already been called in California District 3 for Mr. Kiley. Uh, he won that 52.1 to 47.9. Um uh, they haven't given him credit for it yet, so that would be 219 seats. And there was another race that was, uh, I believe it was, let's see, oh, it was uh, Bobert in, in Colorado, where she was leading when her challenger uh, conceded that he had lost. Now, doesn't that automatically make her the winner or no? you you got to count the ballots. I, I doubt that if they turned around and said, oh, by the way, after all the ballots are counted, you won that that concession would stand. But you you got to count the ballots. Regardless of which way it goes, if we've got a solid 218, we've got control. But the bigger point is here, it's a razor-thin majority. And, and that in and of itself has its own problems for Kevin McCarthy. You don't get to just heavier agenda. You've got different factions within your caucus that are going to want things a certain way. Republicans are worse on this than Democrats. Republicans, when they get control, they factionalize and they extract things, and they don't always stand together in unification in order to get things done. Democrats will march lockstep. You know, Nancy Pelosi could whip people over on the Democratic side. There were no defections. On the right side of the outwing majority, there are defections all the time. 
it's not a lockstep type of march. And sometimes I'm on some important issues. So that's the mark of a leader on the right side of the aisle in the House when we get elevated to the majority is can you keep your caucus actually voting in unison when important things come? There are good points and bad points to that, but when you have a margin that as slim as they have now, it becomes a necessity. You saw what happened in, in the Senate in 2020 yeah. when you had Manchin and Sinema both say, we're not going to do this. They mm-hmm. couldn't move things forward. That situation could present in the House for McCarthy. Well, here's the other thing. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, five seats left to be decided, and the Republicans are winning four of the five right now. That would give them theoretically 222 to 214 or 213. It would, it, would, it would be nice if that happened. I, I hope it does. Um, you know, looking at this that issue from 30,000 feet, you have to wonder why we're getting on almost two weeks on now. And, and we still don't have winners in some races. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous that election day can come and go, and two weeks later we're still waiting for ballots to be counted. Right. As far as I'm concerned, in those places where the ballots aren't counted, those states and those counties, it's a dereliction of duty. And the people who are counting the ballots, you either reform your voter laws so that you call a winner on election day. That's the day the election happens. Yep. Execute your jobs, because the more time that passes between the casting of ballots and the certification of ballots, the more opportunity there is for fraud. So you must minimize that time. Well, here comes the music, so we're out of time for this portion of the uh, week. I'll have to talk to you on Friday, and on Friday, I'm going to ask you about Paul Ryan. He made some news (laughs) this past week. Oh, boy. All right, you have a great day, my friend. Stay low, my friend. All right, that is Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com, UndergroundUSA.com. Go over there, check it out, see what he's all about. In the meantime, we're coming back. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it if you can, leave a comment. You can always get directly to us at contact at UndergroundUSA.com. And sign up for the Substack at UndergroundUSA.com. Both come directly to you circumventing the censors. And they're going to get worse as the silly season progresses towards 2024. My name is Frank Salvato. You're listening to Underground USA. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group. Hey, this is Judson Carroll with the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. One thing Frank always reminds me to mention is that my books and my podcasts are not limited to my region of the Southern Appalachian Mountains. I'm a master herbalist with a working knowledge of hundreds of herbs that are available all around you no matter where you live and keep your family in optimal health. I'm now offering a free newsletter through Substack. Please find me on Substack at Judson Carroll Master Herbalist or JudsonCarroll.com and I look forward to communicating with you in the future. Thanks.